Kia ora and welcome to Beyond Consultation, a podcast that will help you in your public or community sector work to increase your impact by doing more than just ticking the box of consultation. I'm Paul McGregor from Business Lab, and we're interested in the mindsets and methods of people who are making a bigger impact by working collaboratively with communities, industries, and other organizations. Ma mihi mote There's this great quote from Mark Twain which goes something like, an expert is an ordinary fellow from another town. And I think sometimes that's what I'm doing with this podcast, is finding people from other towns and picking under the surface to understand what were they thinking? What was going on? What did they learn? What was the real story behind that? But in today's episode, I've got somebody on the show from my own town, from our own organization, one of our teammates from Business Lab, Brianna McQuaid. You spend hours with your teammates and you think you know them to a certain extent, but often we don't go beyond the surface level. Oh, where did you grow up? What previous work did you do? Okay, cool, I've got to get back to work now. But Brie does not let things sit at the surface level. She's always asking big questions. She's always digging deeper. Even in her job interview, she asked us, what's your future vision for the business? And then I remember in week one or two, we were setting up this podcast and she asked me something like, who is the one guest that you would just love to have on the show? Dreaming as big as you like. And it kind of gave me this permission that I hadn't had before to dream really big and think about who that person would be. And for the record, I haven't got that person on the show yet. I think I said to Brie that I would pluck up the courage when I got to about episode 40. So we're halfway there. In today's episode with Bree, we dig into some of the mindsets that help us to do good work when your context is challenging or complex. And we talk through something that Bree does outside of Business Lab because she wears, I don't know, like 10 different hats. This particular hat is with the social experiment, which they facilitate these full-on experiences to accelerate people's potential and challenge the status quo. So they look at systems thinking, uh, high-performance mindset, co-design, and through these intensive experiences, they help people to do things outside of those experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. And towards the end, we talk a lot about emotions in the workplace. We often get these signals at work that emotions are not allowed. Anger, oh no way. Frustration, disappointment. These are not emotions that we're allowed to have at work often. But Brie shares a different perspective about the value of being open about those emotions and creating some space for them at work. If that sounds counterintuitive to you because you're at work to do your work, then I think you might gain a lot from listening to Bree's thoughts on that. Or maybe you hear me say that and you go, yeah, that sounds great, but how do I convince other people that there is value in tapping into emotions in the workplace? Yeah, Bree's got some pretty smart advice on that as well. One thing that Brie really embodies for me is the power of curiosity. And that's what we've titled today's show, The Power of Curiosity. Because everything I see her doing comes from this place of, oh, why is that? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay, I want to learn more. She is currently enrolled in about seven different courses that she somehow juggles with all the other things that she's is going on in her life. And 
that curiosity has really unlocked a lot in our work that wouldn't have been possible otherwise because we can get so bogged down in the pressures of everyday work that we can forget to ask those bigger questions. But Bree's always asking them naturally, and that has a lot of power. So if you want to understand a little bit about what's going on within Bree that allows her to do that, even when things are quite tough, then you're going to love this episode. So please give a warm welcome to the show to Brianna McQuaid. I am very pleased to welcome you to the show, Brie, because the last time I was interviewing you was a job interview. So it's very nice now to be having a different kind of conversation, a more open conversation with you on the podcast. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Paul. I'm, I'm amped. It is a very different energy and feeling since the interview. I mean, I'm not nervous both times. Being interviewed <laughs> is all you always lead into that nervousness, but I am amped to see what we come up with and the gold nuggets that come from this conversation. It's such a good energy. I love this. Nice. Yeah. So for people who don't know you, Brie, we've been teammates for, I don't know, about a year or something. And some of the best conversations we have when we're in the thick of work and we look at each other and we go, and we jump up, get out of the building, go for a wander around the block. And you know how good the conversation is, depending on how many wanders around the block we do. Sometimes we just go, yeah, we need to keep going. We need to keep going. And those are often the best conversations that we're having. But you're coming to me right now from somewhere in the sounds? I am. Between Havelock and Anakiwa. I don't <laughs> know exactly where I am, but I'm somewhere and it's beautiful. <laughs> nice. Well, if the conversation just goes south, we can both just get up and go for a wander and <laughs> some, something good will come from it. <laughs> It sounds like the dream. It might be a little bit of wind, but, you know, just really give that authentic experience to everyone. So take us back, Brie, about a year or so, you saw this job ad come up with Business Lab. What was it that sparked your interest? Oh, that is such a good question. So (laughs) I had become intentionally unemployed and had finished my previous job in the beginning of April in 2020, which was perfect timing with lockdown and COVID. So I was enjoying my time. I was studying to become a life coach. And then I was very much in a grounded mindset of if I'm applying for another job, it has to align to my values and it needs to align to my lifestyle. And the best place for someone to search when they care about doing good in the world and Aotearoa New Zealand is do good jobs, well, that I'm aware of. So Mm. I looked on that. I'm like, okay, cool. What's, What's out there? And this weird company came up. Cool business lab. <laughs> like, cool, don't even know what that means. But then again, I also work for a company called The Social Experiment. So labs and experiments, obviously there's something intriguing to me. And I just thought was like, cool, virtual assistant. I've done admin, easy. I don't have to think too much. I'm just trying to study. And then there was just these values that kind of came up and what, that, what business lab was looking for, what you guys were looking for. And I was just really intrigued. And it also fit with my lifestyle, five to 20 hours which quickly changed, uh, five to 20 hours <laughs> contracting. And I was like, perfect, this would fit into my lifestyle. I won't have to think too much because I've had admin experience. <laughs> I know, yeah, all the things I thought would be the case quickly changed. <laughs> and I was just like, cool, why not give it a go? So I, I think I only applied for three different jobs throughout the time I was unemployed. Mm-hmm. Very few things really stood out for me. And I applied and then got back from you. And what I think I really appreciated as well was the today that kind of came through and just this feeling as well of 
the value that went beyond this end goal is that like what I felt from what I've read about the company was this really beautiful culture and, and how you all existed. And I did a bit of research on the website. I also emailed you, Paul, about <laughs> the fact that there was a, like a spelling mistake or there was something on the website and <laughs> just to really show off my detailed skills. And you're really <laughs> receptive to that. And when I got to have the interview with you and Colin, it was really exciting. And then kind of just knew that it was the job that I wanted. No idea where it would take me, but that was my journey of, of application. That's really nice to hear that story from your perspective, because I'd also forgotten some of the details. And I think I remember saying to Colin, oh, by the time we got on the phone with you, we'd actually had half a dozen interactions already. You'd clearly shown us, oh, I'm really interested in this job. And I love that because so often it's the employer who's saying this is the process and you're going to sit sit within the boundaries of what we say you can and can't do. And so when I saw here's someone who's going, yeah, okay, you've got your process, but actually I'm going to, I'm going to work around the outside of that. I went, Oh yeah. Okay. That's our kind of person. <laughs> Why well, stay in the box, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then the other thing, it was a virtual assistant role. And then we, we saw quite quickly with you that, your skill set and your ability to think things through was a virtual assistant and a whole lot more. And that's why I'm so keen to talk with you on the podcast, actually, because we had you round for dinner uh, with my wife and, and kids recently, and we got talking about something where at the end of the conversation, I went, how have we never talked about that before? And that's really interesting and I want to learn more. So this podcast episode is a little bit of an excuse to unpack some of that stuff that we just don't find time sometimes to talk about mm. in our workday when you've got deadlines and clients and all these things knocking on the door. Take us back then, Brie, because the first one of those things is what you just mentioned, the social experiment. I almost think we could exchange that name out with Business Lab's name and we'd be quite happy because... And there are some elements of that that kind of match with, with the mahi, the work that we're doing. But take us back to when you first got involved with the social experiment and, and what was happening there. Let's go back to 2019. I was living in Palmerston North and I had been coached by this really cool person called Bryony McKenzie and had followed her journey and something that she had co-founded was mm. a company called The Social Experiment. And then I found out that they had some scholarships to a weekend social experiment in Palmerston North. Well, I was like, I got nothing else to do on my weekend. And I love being surrounded by people who want to think outside the box, who want to jump into something. There was very little information. It was just a social experiment. Do you want, you know, this is for change makers and innovators and people who want to think differently and meet like-minded people. So practically the everything I need to know to go mm. into a weekend. I'm one of those people. Okay, great. Yeah. I really trust this. Pretty much. Like, it's really exciting when it's mysterious. You get to be part of creating something to what you mm. want it to be as well with the people there. So it was a two-day workshop, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, and it was just amazing. I, there were things that I had, I guess I went in going, well, I already know some of this stuff. It was a, around thinking a little bit about co-design. I'd done that at my work, but there was, you know, introduced to concepts or more deeply introduced and thought around concepts such as human-centered design systems thinking I had never really been introduced to that so this like iceberg model and understanding where 
you know, a problem exists and where the outcome is that we want and how to bridge between that. And we went through this like beautiful project work with a group of people who wanted to focus on a similar challenge in the community. And it, alongside this project work, which was, you know, just within a weekend, there was a lot of mindset. So getting to know yourself and to know your own beliefs that are limiting you from the action you really want to take in the world. So it was really powerful. And the people who were there were really cool. We spent time after the first day going out and having a beer and playing these cards to get to know each other more. And you don't always get the opportunity to do that. So I was Mm. really taken by socks and also the space that was created by the wahine who had established socks and who were leading it. It It's like, wow, it was really powerful. And it was really emotional. As you know, I like emotions and I like crying. So like, you know, that was my perfect space. And so, you know, that weekend happened took some stuff back in with me and my new concepts and knowledge back into into my that I do or did and then they opened up they needed more facilitators so at the end of 2019 they were like hey call out would love mm. some facilitators want to grow the team you know we've got in-person experiments and further opportunities so I was like well yes, no brainer that's me <laughs> exactly <laughs> like well don't don't get me too much so quickly got the rich of the process and really gratefully narrowed down so there were nine of us who were accepted as facilitators and there's Mm. three different areas so we went through then a six-week training program to learn to be facilitators of a certain Mm. area of knowledge so mine was hcd and action and designing your life just since then been able to actually go through in-person experiments with 14 to 24 year olds Mm. so we take them through the weekend experiment we're designing an online experiment that launches in a couple weeks so as soon as I find something that I am really interested in and it really connects with I guess my soul there's no telling me no I am I'm just like (laughs) jump jump straight into it Mm. yeah so that was my journey with with socks and now program manager for their online experiment Mm. and it's just so as you know Paul I am always got something that I am doing or on my mind I go I go home and it's like okay I've just got a couple video calls going you know no problem just some more meetings (laughs) I mean for the first I don't know what four months that we were working together I don't think I ever saw you video call from the same location I was like oh where are you today Brie you're in Palmerston North for this or you're in oh you're in Christchurch oh right okay yeah yeah and I think if the borders had been open, open with COVID, you probably would have been in Spain and, and that just would have been that. Oh, that sounds too exciting. That's, not, okay, I shouldn't have planted the seed. <laughs> it saddens <laughs> me thinking I was in Spain. I want to unpack some of that stuff in there. And one of the very first things you said really caught my attention, which was that idea of having some mystery. Why do you think that was so important to make you want to be involved? I like when things aren't too obvious. I think with being in a, in a personal development space for so long, I've gotten really used to getting uncomfortable. I don't love it all the time. Mm. However, I feel the most growth comes from leaning into a discomfort. So when there's this mystery, there's this lack of certainty about what you're about to lean into. It's like, well, what's about to come out of it? Mm-hmm. And who's going to be there? And what am I going to get myself in for? And, you know, the nervousness and the butterflies come up thinking about it. And it's like, cool, this is exactly the space I need to be in. Mm. I think that's why I really love mystery. Like there was enough certainty of where do you need to be? What time? You know, who's, who's going to be there? And because I knew some of the people or at least one person who was leading it, there was a real safety in way in that of going, cool, I know Bri is going to be there. So, and I trust in what she does and the powerful way, you know, she is so 
why would I not want to be there? Um, mm. But otherwise there was a mystery in what I was about to learn. And I was just really, really excited. And I knew mm. other people who were also applying. So it's like, okay, what do we got to create together? And the people that I trust and I love and I get excited by. So mm. that probably is the why I love that mystery for socks. I like that because often like in our, our work with co-designing something with a community, you have to do some work beforehand to kind of say, this is the boundaries of this thing. But then within in that, that's where the mystery can be. And I know it can be tempting to feel like, oh, I've got to do the work. I've got to fill in the gaps beforehand. But if you do too much of that, then there's no space for anyone else to fill up. Exactly. And one of the values, I mean, of being a social experiment, it's an experiment. So you practically you already know something's mm. going to be a bit interesting about the space you're entering so what the language we use is it's it's a container so it's a safe environment to try things on to get a bit strange just like you would in a science experiment right like you've got some bit of you've got some parts of the formula but you don't Mm. always know exactly what it's going to turn out like in the end because it depends who what people are in there it depends who's leading it so it's going to look no experiment is the same Mm. there might be certain content but the people will create change do you, do you ever find that the word experiment turns some people off? They go, oh, an experiment, that sounds risky. Well, I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be the, the science experiment here, <laughs> the social experiment. And I, look, it might turn some people off, mm. but they probably haven't told us. They just probably wouldn't apply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which in some ways is good because then with a name like that, you do one you're either starting a conversation like people kind of going what do you mean by this what Mm. does that mean or hey I think you should name it this and it's like well one it provides a really cool starting point for a really good conversation or it also allows you to look at who are the ideal people that you want in that space it's those who are curious it's those Mm. who like a challenge who find strange terms like an experiment well perfect those are the Mm -hmm. people we want in the room and who are ready to try something on that's a little bit different it might turn people away some people might be like what the heck is this but that's kind of deliberate in this particular context actually it's helpful to say if you're up for that kind of experience Mm -hmm. here we are and then you mentioned systems thinking and the iceberg model which is basically saying what you see on the surface, the events are not necessarily the only thing that's going on. There's behaviors underneath, there's patterns, there's values. How do you teach that to people? And what are some of the light bulb moments that you see? Oh, beautiful. Uh, One, I'm very grateful. I am not one of the people who teach it. And this is the very strategic approach of, hey, they're kind of becoming the expert facilitators in a certain area. But Mm. watching my teammates deliberate, we've actually had to adapt this way a systems way of thinking depending on who's in the room because sometimes like the iceberg model is you know Paul is like a lot to take on when mm-hmm. you're suddenly going this is an issue I see and then having to get to the parent asking yourself why okay cool what are those patterns that we see what are the values that underlie that how is this what's the core issue right at the bottom not just the symptoms that we that we see so it's the cause and it's a really intensive session, to be honest, in the weekend that the facilitators take the participants through. So they're all in their groups. Mm. And then we often have extra facilitators because you have to ask even more questions. Okay, so why might you think that? What does that mean to you? Let's put your own example in your life or we'll have to share our examples. And it's not until you know you really do give some good analogies that sometimes they click and they're like, okay, no, I see how this is in my life. And one of our favorite simplified 
I said, what was it? The why five times. So you ask mm. why, and then you ask why again. And then you just, you keep, when you keep asking why, you get to the root, and you're like, but why is that? And it's like, I don't know. But you know, you're like breaking <laughs> through that. I think, like, since we, when we were kids, we ask mm. why all the yep. time. My daughter's in the middle of that at the moment. <laughs> And how much fun is that? We have reached the end of the why questions. I'm sorry, Rose, there's no more. (laughs) Exactly. And so you get to the point as a kid and then some people shut it down. They don't want you to Mm. ask why anymore because actually it's also embarrassing. You're like, I don't know the answer. And so having to relearn asking the question why, it takes a lot. And that's that light bulb moment almost. And for the participants, I can get more curious. Okay, what is the underlying layer here? What are Mm. we seeing? And then when we lead into the human-centered design, starting to be able to create ideas from what they're actually seeing in society, it's awesome. Mm. So they can see how it flows. It's not just like, I've now asked myself the question, why? I've gotten to the root cause. Now what? And it's like, cool, actually, we can do something with that. Mm. Does that make sense? What I heard you talking about there is kind of a mindset shift from, I need to control the situation and I can see what's happening on the surface. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that and I'm going to chip away at that and control that to more of a, I don't know what's going on here and I'm okay with that. And I'm curious about it. So I'm going to see if I can learn what's going on, but I also might not ever be able to figure out the answer. And that shift is, sounds like it's really powerful for people. Yeah. I'm really glad you hear this. I say a lot of words and you just simplify and articulate it so well. Uh, that's why we work well together (laughs) so the social experiment like it sounds as though you know you're running lots of different interventions or experiments in people's lives like what do you see as the end game for the social experiment where do you see this thing going it's just going to be infiltrated into all spaces in Aotearoa (laughs) and overseas so we actually have some of the co-founders live overseas and they're Mm. saying conversations there but ultimately and at, at the moment we have created an online experiment because COVID and lockdown provided fully new opportunities to pivot. And instead of everything being in person and teaching people new skills in like an in-person environment and within a small community, it's now being able to outreach and be able to bring rangatahi from all across Mm. Aotearoa. So young people from all across New Zealand into an online space and for them to learn these new skills and ways of thinking and to dive deeper in their own knowledge mm. and to build new understanding and concepts that they can take out with them into further environments. Our first cohort is around 14 to 18 year olds. And what we're looking into is how they're going to take this into the leading that they're going to, or the leaders that they are mm. ahead of them in the future. So in the workforce. Actually, are they going to just be there and do what they're told? Or are they actually going to be those dis- disruptors, which most of them are, mm. and ask the hard questions and be curious and be empathetic and have new tools that actually are going to allow them to see potentially like problems or reframe the way that they mm. the workplace works, kind of we do consistently when we work with our clients. And it's being able to just start seeing things in a new light, at least have some sort of tools to back them up. So with social experiment we're currently undergoing refining again our mission and our vision because it continues to adapt as Mm. their own challenges in the world come our way we're like cool how do we pivot and how are Mm. we actually being reactive and then proactive in the environment Mm. and yeah ultimately we just want everyone to be able to have that mindset and belief and the confidence in themselves to actually take action 
in their community, in their workforce, in their own lives. Mm. And that can show up in any different way. So mm. there's no limit because literally <laughs> every person deserves this. And mm. there's always new content coming up. You know, we have HCD, but now we're leaning more into co-design. What does co-design look like? It's being led by, not just working with. Mm. And so it's being able to start using that. And as it's an experiment, we get to test out new concepts with the people who are in the experiment. There's no limit necessarily <laughs> on what this looks like which is exciting it sounds like it's something well, what's that saying you're, you're building the parachute on the way down you're kind of like oh yeah let's figure this out oh, yeah here's where we're going yeah and then we're building it as we go One thing you're reminding me of is a similar experience I had as a participant, which was with Lifehack six or seven years ago, where, again, there was this mysterious invitation. There was enough in it to go, that sounds like me and what I need right now. And I learned a, a whole lot of similar content as what you've been talking about. And the really hard part for me was going back into my organization and then trying to use these new words, processes, in a system that wasn't built with those ideas from the ground up. What advice do you have for people who are learning about co-design systems thinking and they're in an organization where that stuff isn't the norm? It's a really important question to ask and my advice may not work for everyone. I often feel like you need an ally as your first step. Who's the ally mm. of influence within wherever you work? And, you know, they might not be the person who can make all the decisions, but they may have an influence over someone else. You know, they may have a really good relationship to someone who does have the ability to make certain decisions. So for me, it's that, because as you know, I love learning and I come mm. into work continuously with you. <laughs> and, it's, and I have to be really careful to make sure I don't freak everyone out because I get excited by something. Mm. I'm like, let's just do all the stuff. So it's being able to take one thing you've learned and keep it simple and being able to kind of look at the organization, you know, how do you want to implement it? Is it internally or is it how you're doing something externally, which ultimately means internally something may need to change? How do you also lead with curiosity and have those conversations with people? So it might not be like, here, I see this problem, here's the solution, because mm -hmm. that could be really confronting, um, but it also might work well if you're a disruptor. Otherwise, it's asking those conversations, have we thought about what does with this look like or understanding why the organization does the things it does anyway, because mm. it's showing respect to how it's been built and also being able to go, okay, cool. Like I really hear that. I really am listening to how we built the company and why it works the way it does. Have we ever tried this? If we have awesome, what worked well, what didn't, why have we not continued? Have we thought about it this way? And just being able to really go through the journey with the company and, it might have to start off a really small, a small, your own team. You might not be able to change the whole company first. Mm. Depending, you know, if it's like a, that government um, agency, that's a huge, large company to try and shift straight away. So actually, how do you even just like three of you, maybe working on a project, start looking at implementing mm. it? Yeah, and go from there would be my suggestion. Start off small. What I'm hearing from you there is, one, find an ally who you can team up with in your own organization, and then almost, design a process that you can walk part of the organization through so i've just been learning about this thing that has completely expanded my point of view and i can now see all these possibilities but actually i need to help other people to go on a similar learning journey within my own organization before we can start implementing this stuff because how many people 
love someone coming in and <laughs> and going you're doing something wrong that may mm. not be the words they say but it can be really confronting and unless someone might have the mindset where they're like okay no I see that you're challenging me I love this mm. a lot of people it, it, it is hard to take that on board because mm. everyone's already got another like a thousand other priorities going on mm. that they mm. think are urgent to look at but you know some people could totally disagree with me and be like no go big jump in disrupt it all I mean, mm. everyone's different my personality is different to other people's personalities and mm. different workplaces look different so i don't know sometimes you just gotta try and test <laughs> it's try learn adjust i mean it's co-designing right mm. even in your own workspace once you learn mm. something well brie should we have, have we talked enough about the social experiment is there anything right. else that you love about it that you want to share with people oh there is something i absolutely love and i would love people to think about every meeting that we have in socks, by the way, team. Socks for short, S-O-X, not socks like the socks you wear. We always start off with a chicken. That, for Noongatanga, to start off with is so imperative to how we all connect with each other. Like, we're all best so, friends. Uh, I feel like I need to translate your yep. New Zealand accent. That's not a chicken that you <laughs> go to Kentucky Fried Chicken to eat. That's a... Check, a in. Che- check in. Check in, if I was trying to do a really <laughs> oh bad British God. accent. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what, is a, what is a chicken, Brie? <laughs> yes, uh, a chicken to start with. So the check in, oh man, it's tough, is an opportunity, you know, oh, for example, what we would do is asking a question to see how everyone is. And it can be as simple as what was a highlight from your week or since we last talked, or it could be what's a rose and a thorn. So a rose is something, you know, what's gone really well for you that you want to share and a thorn might be what's a challenge you faced or it could be something fun like you know what's your favorite type of ice cream just something to continue building those relationships even if when you know each other really well and it just brings you back to being humans you know we're not perfect and before you jump into all of the work and the tick boxes and the to-do lists and the actions is being able to create a space of, of safety and community before jumping into that sometimes we might have an hour meeting and it might last half an hour which some people might be like, wow, you spent half an hour talking with each other. And it's like, yes. And we leave feeling so fulfilled and ready to tackle our whole week because we've mm. been heard, we've been listened to, and then we're trusting of each other. And then do all the things you need to in the meeting, got the agenda, and then finishing off with something as well. So maybe something as easy as a one word chicken. And that, uh, yep, I can really hear the chicken now. <laughs> <laughs> one word, uh, so like maybe a joy trigger. What's something that's bringing you joy today uh, or what or one word how do you feel right now and that might last you know like 30 seconds to a minute before you leave the meeting so mm. I hadn't met most of these people for a year and I felt like I was that some of my best friends this is yeah. after the weekend event oh no this is oh, no. from the team that was built so all the facilitators the nine of oh, us yeah, yeah, plus yeah, the yeah. co-founders really good mm. question fair point clarify so we were all from all across New Zealand and I hadn't met most of them for at least a year. There are some mm. of them I still have not met in person yet, but I would be able to share anything with them because mm. of that relationship building. So I feel that's something really important with SOC is it's so focused on community as well as all of the concepts that we learn. So everything we do, it's about the people first, mm. and then it's about the concepts and what you're taking away with you. It's interesting that you share that, Bree. I think for us as consultants, where we're working with, I don't know, 10 to 15 organizations sometimes, and you get this little view into how other people run their meetings. And 
whether it's a, a 10 second, just quickly, how are you doing? It's three o'clock. How's your day been? Or something longer at the start of the week. But then we get to see into other organizations where that ritual, that habit is not ingrained. And I notice in myself how different I feel when I'm in a meeting where it's, hey, is everybody here? All right. So item number one is blah. And you just get straight into that and the different emotional tone that that sets for the meeting. This is something that I really respect about you, Brie, is your courage to bring emotions into the workplace because I, I think for a lot of people and organizations emotions is something that you have outside the workplace if you want to on your own time and it's sort of seen as it's not something for work if somebody's listening and, and they're in that kind of workplace can you explain a little bit more about why you think that's so important nothing beats being surrounded by humans to be honest. I know this might sound really an interesting way of putting it, but all humans and we're all whole. You can't bring absolutely everything into your workplace, right? You know, sometimes mm. there's something you need to care, continue having safety. But when you practice bringing yourself to work and that's your emotions and your experiences and maybe screwing up and then being able to apologize and going through the whole journey of being a human in your workplace, you create a sense of belonging for yourself and for others. As soon as you're feel strong enough for a lack of better term, but feel confident in, the, in being able to, sh even if you don't feel confident, if you just show up with your emotions and who you are, other people give, feel that permission to do the same. Mm. You know, it's hard. Like it's a huge mental shift and a mindset shift. I know um, Zoe Brownlee talked about this back in the day. You just left your emotional self at mm. home. You are here for work and that yeah. is the intention. It's just not the way things are now. As you know, I do a gazillion different things outside of work. You have children. You have so much more beyond what you bring to work. And thank goodness, because the experience that you have as a, a parent and beyond that, because that's not just who you are, you bring that in. And I learned so much from you, you know, and there's just so much more respect for you as a person with everything that you bring. And that teaches me to be able to be like, okay, this is me. I'm bubbly and I'm a little bit strange and I've got all sorts of energies and I'm curious and I, you know, have a lot of emotions. And because you show up and you're like, you know what, it's been tough. I haven't had much sleep. I'm not perfect. I get to go cool. I'm not perfect too. And this is coming up for me. So we all get to be in a pool of up there, like imperfection together, which just means that we're humans. And I think that's the power of when you're in that type of workspace, because a lot of people also make someone else's emotions about them. And it's not about that. And the reason I also say that is previous experiences in workplace, it's like, you're not allowed to be negative. You know, please keep that away when it, instead of asking, hey, what's going on? It's like, I don't want to see that that's making me uncomfortable. Mm. instead of just holding space and wanting to understand what's going on for the other person. I mean, I can ramble about this for days, but I have no can, idea where we, we took it. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember what the question was that I asked now, but I'm really interested in that idea of somebody's emotions not being about them, but being about the other person. Can you explain that a little bit more? I, I got a little bit lost in there, but I think I'm, I'm interested. I think I, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I've got myself lost. If I am upset about something, someone else might make it about themselves, right? right and it's not about that other person for example Paul you might come to work and you just maybe a little on edge maybe you hadn't didn't have a great sleep mm. and I can quickly make that about me and be like what have I done mm. I don't want to be around someone with bad energy right now you know I might be like I don't need you with that energy just be like 
you should be focused on work shut that part of you down I don't want to what you're going through to disrupt me mm. when I believe that it's like oh something's going on okay Paul your energy is a bit different showing up like hey what's happening like a person-to-person situation we don't have to be best friends to mm. for someone to ask how are you doing what do you need right now because ultimately if I hold that space for you that also helps the space I need for me and that's where we create can talk about boundaries being like hey what do you need right now and be like I'm currently really busy I can't be there fully for you if you need that or I need to focus with this type of energy because I have this going on how can we help you because that also helps myself so it's just not taking everything on board or making everything you're going on going through about myself mm. but it's being able to be there as a team even if you don't really know a person well and that's hard to do because we're trained as children to shut down our emotions and shush be quiet I can't deal with your emotions right now so can you please go away somewhere else or stop screaming so we're, we're very conditioned to run away from emotions or react strongly against them in some kind of way so kind of sounds like a, a lifetime's work there to try and unpack that and then <laughs> take your organization on that journey as well anyway um, I have to fix things is my favorite when people are like no I've got to solve yeah you're, you're, you're feeling this we need to solve it no it's okay <laughs> mm. Feel what you need to feel but I do think emotions are so important because that's a core part of us as humans and not just happiness and feeling good mm. but that sadness or disappointment we may feel as well mm. Mm. the way I heard someone reframe it was that emotions data they're information and so actually if you can pay attention to the information that's coming up and then from that you can learn something and and change based on that rather than going oh we're going to ignore that entire category of data because it's just too hard and you know i love good data analysis yeah so <laughs> exactly taking up so much of your time yeah. this is so great well wow, i've taken can... up lots of your time brian <laughs> you're meant to be on holiday so thank you so much for sharing your story and i always enjoy when we just get to follow crumbs of the conversation and just see where it goes so i really enjoyed unpacking some of that stuff with the social experiments with you so namahi oh thank you so much it has been awesome thank you for listening to this episode of the beyond consultation podcast what did you learn from the show what should we have talked about who else should i interview i would love to hear your feedback and if you want to learn more about what you heard today everything from the show is at www.businesslab.co.nz slash podcast. If this episode has left you with a burning question, please feel free to submit a voice message through the link on our podcast page. We can then ask that question of a guest in a future episode. Or tag me in a post on LinkedIn or Facebook and I can point you in the right direction. If you want to know when we release new episodes, make it easier for yourself and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Again, thank you for listening. Nga mihi mo te whakarongo.